You're listening to the Upper Room Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit upperroomfrisco.com. Guys, I'm I'm so honored to be with all of you tonight. This is actually my very first time to speak anywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm I'm so thankful it's here with you guys cuz it just feels like home, you know. And so thank you for having me. Um, it, I was praying and like, Lord, what, what should I bring to Frisco, you know? And, um, I, I had this word that I felt like he gave me. And then in worship tonight, I just started crying. I felt like the Lord gave me something else. So I'm just going to run with it and see what he does. And I, I really feel like, um, I'm just going to tell my story really. And I, I honestly feel that the Lord is going to um, renew, like, a love encounter for a lot of us and also give brand new love encounters for people who maybe haven't had one. And I all I heard in my head was, have you guys ever listened to How He Loves, the Kim Walker version? And she's like, and you would know. You would know. You know, she's like. <laughs> and I remember I was like, the first time I heard that, I was like, I guess it was because I didn't know. I was like, what is she talking about? Like, and you would know, you would know. And then, and I was like, oh, wow, like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> and then, but, but then I had a love encounter, and now I know, like, what she's talking about. And I, I really feel like that's what the Lord is going to do tonight for many of us, I think, for the first time, and also just renewed for some of us who maybe haven't felt it in a long time. And so, um, yeah, just bear with me as the Holy Spirit guides my tongue. And, Lord, I just pray that um, whatever is not of you will not be heard. So, yeah. So, yeah, my name's Elissa with an E. <laughs> a lot of people are like, they don't know how to spell it or say it. And they're like, is it Elisa, Elsa? In high school, my name was messed up all the time. So I was like, forget it. You know, I'm whoever you think I am at this point. And, but yeah, my name's Elisa. I'm 28 years old. And I am from a really small town in Texas called Borger, Texas. So Fred knows what I'm talking about. We went to high school together. Um, I think I saw Sam back here. You know what I'm talking about. You, we went to high school together. And Borger, Texas is in the middle of nowhere. It's up in the very top of Texas, and it is 10,000 people. So everyone knows everybody, whether you want to or not. And um, I grew up in church. My grandparents are actually worship pastors, worship leaders um, on my dad's side for the Church of God. Has anyone ever heard of the Church of God? It's very similar to, like, the Assemblies of God but not at the same time. And so I grew up going to church. My dad, I never realized this, but my dad was a pastor's kid because my grandparents were worship leaders. And that never hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, my dad is actually a PK, which now makes a lot of sense for the things that we went through as a family. And what's so cool, fun fact, is my brother, Aaron, is actually speaking at the Dallas campus. He's younger. So it's like a really cool thing, and I, I just really felt like I needed to tell my story of how I met the Lord and how I got here, because I don't want to be a stranger to any of you, and um, I 
I want to be personal. I don't want to be someone who comes in and thinks they know a lot because I don't. I just know a man, you know, and he'll help me. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so grew up in Border, Texas. I, uh, when I was five years old, my grandmother, she plays piano for like Southern gospel style. My grandpa had a radio station and he would promote Southern gospel quartets. I don't know if any of you are familiar with any of this. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like the Gaithers and Gold City and all these people. I'm telling you, they were, they would come to my grandparents' house and my grandma would make me sing for them and play the piano. <laughs> and I was like seven years old. And um, I remember I hated it. But anyway, I remember when I was five years old, my grandma asked me if I'd be interested in taking piano lessons. And really, I didn't have a say. Like, my parents were like, yeah, I think this would be really good for Elissa to learn piano. So I remember I started taking piano lessons. And all I knew, all she would teach me were the hymnals, like the red hymnal and green hymnals. And Seek Ye First, the Kingdom, and um, What a Friend I Have in Jesus in these songs, and so I, I would learn how to play them. And then when I was about eight years old, um, things got a little crazy, and my parents sat my brother and I down. Um, my brother's younger than me. I'm 28. He's 25 now. And um, when I was eight years old, I remember my parents set us down, and they told us that they were splitting up, and they were getting a divorce. And that was, like, unheard of where I'm from. It's like no one talked about the problems, especially in the church. And um, if if people in the town knew, there was like oh, this hush-hush, you know. And sadly, it's more common now, but then it was not. And I didn't even really know what that meant. I just remember my dad crying, and I remember I physically felt like my heart break because it was like I can't live with everyone anymore, you know. And so I remember um, we moved out of that house. My dad went to live with his parents. I lived with my mom in an apartment. And my brother and I would trade places. And um, that, that went on for about eight months or eight months to a year. And, um, and I remember we just stopped going to church. My mom did not want to go into the church that my grandparents were at. She just felt a lot of shame. And my dad also did not want to go to church because of the shame of what was happening. And my grandparents in the Church of God and their stature, it was like, uh, like, of course we want you to come, but there was some embarrassment my dad felt from my grandparents. And not that they purposefully meant to do that. It's just the religious spirit, you know. And so I just remember there was a long time where we did not go to church and um, I was back and forth with my mom and dad, and then when I was about 11, my mom and dad moved back in together. We bought a house, and they started getting marriage counseling, which is a miracle in itself. <laughs> and so it, during that time, I'm entering my freshman year of high school, and I loved sports. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be in the WNBA. <laughs> Until I realized I was not going to grow <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and so, but in my mind, I was like, man, like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm stunted right now, but I won't be, you know. And so I was like, I'm going to get really good at this. 
And so my dad, it was like a way that my dad and I connected, and we would practice all the time in the in the front yard. He, like, uh, got a basketball goal, and we would practice. And it was, like, mine and my dad's time, and I'm so thankful for now. And it was really all I had. Like, I was still taking piano lessons, but at this point, I didn't know, like, worship leading could be a thing. Um, I had not met the Lord personally yet. I had just known church, and so it wasn't even a thought in my mind, and I'm getting somewhere with all of this. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about myself, I promise. Um, I Really, I want you to see the Lord's intentionality with your life by me telling the story about my life. This is the point. And so um, in high school, I have this dream of being in the WNBA, and I, I just really wanted to be good at something was what it was. And... Um, so I started getting really good at basketball. I'm in high school. My parents are still rocky, but we're together, you know. And I remember, you know, being 11, 12, and I could hear my parents fighting upstairs. My room was downstairs. And I had a piano in my room that my grandma had given me. It was her first piano or something like that. And I still have that piano. That is going to heaven with me. <laughs> and... um so I remember I would hear my parents fighting, and I didn't really know what to do with that. And, but I knew that I would feel peace when I played these hymns that my grandma taught me how to play. And at this point, I had no grid for what that meant. It was just like, this is an outlet for me. And so I would sit at the piano, and I would play, what a friend I have in Jesus. Or I would play, um, come, now is the time to worship. You guys remember that song? <laughs> Honestly, there's lots of oil on those old songs. And, and I would just play these, and it was all I knew, but something would happen. And I remember I would I'd be playing the song, and then I'd just start singing my process. You know, I would just start singing. I didn't even know what I was saying. I can't recall some of the things that I was saying. But this, I would feel like, this peace and like this warmth and it was like all I had you know I had no grid or understanding for it it's just like something happens like when I play these songs you know it feels like someone's in here with me but I feel safe and so I I would just remember I would do that a lot as my parents were figuring out you know where they were and and how they could fix whatever was going on with them, you know? And so, um, this was me. I, you know, I'm 12 years old. I'm living in this small town. I'm <laughs> playing basketball, and I'm learning how to play piano. And it was so cool <laughs> to me. This is cool. Aaron will not think this is cool. But um, my parents saw that I had, like, a natural like, gift for music and piano. And so they were like, oh, let's let's have Aaron take lessons. <laughs> He's going to hate that I'm telling you guys this. But it's all redeemed now. And so he, like, did not like it. He can't sing, you know. But Aaron always had tons of friends, and, you know, and I was, like, the little musician in her room all alone. And so, but, so Aaron was like, well, I'm not good at piano, so I want to play guitar. So they got him an electric guitar. And he hated that, too. He's, like, not very good at it, you know. And But I was like, yes, another instrument is in the house. 
And so I remember I'd go downstairs when he was outside with his friends because he didn't want to practice, and I taught myself everything he was supposed to be learning. And I loved it. And he would get so mad at me. You know, and he's like, this is my guitar. <laughs> like, stop, you know. And I'm like, you don't even play it. Like, you don't even like it, you know. And I'm like, I love this. And so that's just so funny to me because it was like, I, it was like I learned how to play this instrument. It was the same thing. It was like it just came very natural to me, you know. And, and I'm, I'm realizing now, and the Lord knew what he was doing with my life for my grandma to have this in her heart to teach me something. And then for a guitar to randomly end up in my home, and it's something that I feel drawn to learn. And at this point, I'm not even thinking about anything to do with this. It's a hobby. And so I know all of this. Well, I'm learning music. I'm finding out I really like it. It's a nice hobby, but I'm still playing basketball. Well, I became really good friends with um, a girl named Erica on my basketball team. And she was older than me. She lived around the corner from me, and she would pick me up and take me to school, and then we'd come home together after basketball practice. She just became one of my best friends, and she um, she had a lot going on, too. It was like we connected um, just as friends. I could understand, like, her home situation. She could kind of understand mine. And um, I remember her telling me, she was like, I just get to this point where I don't like myself, and um, I feel like I need help. And she's like, I think I should go to church. And at this point, my family and I are not going to church. I remember my grandparents didn't really want us to go to church. And so I had this hurt toward the Lord and toward church that I didn't realize that I had until this conversation driving home. She was driving me home. And she's like, I think I'm going to go to church. And I remember I told her out of my own ignorance, excuse me, and I was like, I don't think you want to do that. I was like, every church I've ever been to, it, they were fake, you know. And they didn't want us, they don't like people with problems. Everyone's perfect there, you know. And I just told her, I don't think God is real. And she was just like, mm, I don't know, maybe I'll go. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. So anyway, I go to school the next day, and she's not at school. And... I find out later that she had actually tried to commit suicide. And that, like, destroyed me. I all of a sudden felt like this is my fault. Like, her blood is on my hands. I know I should have said something, but I was mad and I was upset. And so I, I didn't tell anyone, but I had carried this. I was like, this is my fault, you know? And... I didn't know how to tell my mom. I literally thought it was my fault that she did this because I didn't help her. And long story short, her and her family move out of town. I literally, like, never saw her again. And, um, and so I'm just carrying this. I'm 15 years old at this point, and I don't know what to do. I feel shame, and so I'm just living my normal life. And I, it was like after that, I didn't know what I was doing. And so... My friend Amanda, she, we sat next to each other in English class, and she would always be like, Yosa, do you want to come to youth group with me? And I was like, no, I don't want to go, because I felt so much shame, you know? I was like, no, I, I don't want to go. 
And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to ask you next week. And I was like, okay, and I'm still not going to go, you know. And she would. She asked me every day, all the time. She's like, you want to go with me to youth group? It's Wednesday, you know. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go so she'll stop asking me. <laughs> and so she picks me up, and we go to this youth group and at this church called Grace in Borger. And um, I go, I walk in, and I meet the youth pastors there. And their names were Tim and Amber. And I just remember they were so sweet. And I remember standing in worship, and I was like, something's different about this. Like, something feels familiar here. And I was like, but I don't know what it is, you know. And I was like, but I, I think I like coming. So I just kept going with Amanda and getting close with Tim and Amber. And the Lord started doing something in my heart unknowingly, but it was like I found peace there, and so I kept going. And they didn't judge me. In fact, um, Amber, the pastor's wife, was always like, you got a lot going on, and when you're ready to talk, I'm here. You know, and I was like, I'm fine. You know, <laughs> you know, like when you're in high school and you're like, no, I'm great. And really, you're like dying inside. And I was like, no, I'm good. And so, and then I remember they asked me if I want to go to church camp, which we were just talking about. And um, I was like, yeah, like, I'll go as I, uh, they wanted me to go as, like, one of the leaders. Because at this point, I was getting too old to be, like, a student. And so I was like, yeah. And so I had been going to this church for maybe a year, a year and a half, just with my friend Amanda. And so I think I'm almost 17 years old. Yeah, I'm 17. And I go to this youth camp. And all week long, Amber is like, Elissa, I know you've got things you need to talk about. And she's like, I'm here. I'm not trying to scare you. I just really feel like this is a perfect opportunity this week to let the Lord do something in your heart. And I was like, okay, you know, thank you. And so the week goes by. It's the last night of camp. And Jeremy Riddle led worship. And I, I'd never heard of Jeremy Riddle. And he starts singing Sweetly Broken. And I became Sweetly Broken. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my. But for real, he starts singing. To the cross I look. To the cross I cling. And I was like, and it was like this flashback of, like, all the times I had played piano. And I felt this presence, and I was like, I felt this before. This is what I felt when I was downstairs, and I could hear my parents fighting. And, like, this is what I felt when I'd sing these songs. And it was like, I think I'm supposed to be doing what he's doing. And I just start crying. And I was like, I felt this before. I felt this before. And it was like, I knew it was the Lord. And I was like, like lost, you know. So I run to Amber. And I was like, Amber, something's happening to my heart, and I don't know what it is, you know. She's like, it's the Lord. And I was like, but and I told her, I was like, I don't know why God would love me or let me feel his presence because it's my fault that my friend died. And she was like, Alyssa, what are you talking about? And I was like, I told her God wasn't real when I knew that he was, you know. And in this moment, she was just like, God's not mad at you. And it was like, it was like I had heard that for the first time, you know. She's like, God loves you. 
And I was thinking about all these times that I had been in church and I never really heard that God loved me. You know, that I had to do all these things to, like, earn something, you know. And it was in that moment, it felt like, you know how um, at the end of a football game, when, the, when they win and they pour the bucket of ice over the coach? That's what it felt like in that moment. She started talking to me. She's like, God loves you. It felt like this hot, oily thing was being poured on me, and I just could not stop crying. And I knew in that moment, it was like a, it was the, you would know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's, that happened to me. I broke, and I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry I've been mad at you, and I'm so sorry that I didn't know that you loved me. I didn't know why I was apologizing for that. It's like I was—I didn't know what was happening, and I'll never forget that feeling. It was like, man, I know that God is real, and I like encountered His love, and I, like I'll—I'll I'll never need anything else, you know, after that. And and I was telling Amber, it's like I think I'm supposed to be doing what what that worship guy was doing, and I—I I didn't know his name at the time, but and I was like, I. Like, I actually really love to play the piano, and I love to sing. And I feel that same thing when I sing the way he does. And so I, I get back home, and I sit my parents down, and I'm like, listen, we got to go to this church. I met God, and he's real, and he actually loves us. Like, he's not mad about what you're going through. He loves us. And I was like, can you please go with me to this church? So the next Sunday, my parents go with me to the church, and... Mind you, they haven't really stepped in church since everything went down. And my mom and I had visited a church when I was about 15 years old, and she was really liking it, but it turned out that the pastor of that church was a crook, and he, like, took all the money and left in the middle of the night, and the church shut down. So this is, like, my journey through church. <laughs> You know, and so I'm telling my mom, like, no, like, something happened to me. So my parents come to church, and they get wrecked, just like they're weeping, they're crying. The worship leaders come over and pray for my parents. And the worship leaders' name were Blaine and Stacy Shelton, and um, they were graduates of Christ for the Nations, which I did not know, like, ministry schools existed. And anyway, they got really close to my mom and dad and really started walking with them. And today, my parents have been happily married for like 30 years. And it's just really cool what the Lord like did with them. And they are like, to make a long story short, they are now elders of the church that I was like, we need to go to this church. <laughs> you know, so they're there. They're like now elders. And my mom does a lot of inner healing ministry, things like that. And the Lord is just like completely redeemed them, you know, which is huge within itself. And so I got really close to them. Blaine and Stacy, um, they started talking to me, and they were like, Elissa, um, do you know what a calling is? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, and they were like, we feel like um, the Lord has put something really special on your life, and have you ever thought about going to ministry school? And I was like, well, not really, you know, and they told me about Christ for the Nations, and then they paid for me to go to the worship conference that Christ for the Nations has every year, which is just south of here, if you are not familiar. And um, and so I went, 
and Kim Walker was leading worship. And she starts singing, um, Oh, I know you are faithful, my God. And I'm like crying, and I heard the Lord say, um, Elisa, if I asked you to come here, would you? I was like, yes, Lord. And he said, then I'm asking you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I go home. And literally, guys, worship was two hours long, and I stood there like this. And I thought it was ten minutes. I mean, I stood there like this for two hours. <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, I probably looked crazy, but who cares? Um, and so I go home, and I tell my parents. And, I, you know, at this point, this a few years have gone by. Like, I've already graduated high school. I was at community college, which is not much in Borger. Um like, I just didn't know what I was doing with my life. You know, I figured out quickly the WNBA was not in my future. And I just didn't know what to do. And I encountered the Lord. And so, um, and so I, I tell my parents, I'm like, hey, I, uh, I think I want to go to this school. And they're like, and, you know, my dad is like, I'll let you go if you go to DBU after. You know, because it was just, at that point, like, ministry schools, it's like, they're not accredited. What are you doing with your life? You know? And it's not like that now, but it's just like the old mindset, I think, sometimes. But, um, so I, I apply and I get in. And let's see, I went to the worship conference where I heard the Lord speak to me in May. And that August, I had moved to Dallas. This was 2010. And had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just heard this call, you know. And so I started learning about Jesus and learning about the Lord. And there I met, like, my best friends, like Bo and Stacy were at Christ for the Nations, Marion, if you guys know Eniola or Joel. They were, we were all first years together at Christ for the Nations. And I'm telling you this because I did not know them and I didn't know what the Lord had planned. And Upper Room had not, I think Upper Room was just starting. And I'm saying this because the Lord has, the Lord knows what he's called you to do, and he's prepared good works before you. It says that in Ephesians, ahead of time for you. And all you have to do is say yes. <laughs> and so when he said, would you come here? And I was like, yeah, I have nothing else. And it was like that yes gave me friends I never had, and eventually a church family, and then the, like, I started stepping into, and I'm still stepping into the things that he's called me to do. And I wanted to read something in this that I felt like the Lord spoke to me in worship because we were singing, um, for always being good, thank you, and for mercy that's new. And, like, the mercy really hit me. But it was this, like, always being good. And I was thinking about the always of my life, and, like, he's always been there, even before I knew, and um, so I, in First John, actually, it's just John, because <laughs> there's, like, five John, um, so in John chapter 1, verse 43, because I feel like this is for somebody, and I'm sorry if I'm all over the place, are you guys good? Okay, <laughs> but I really felt this. It says the following day. So let me give some context. Jesus, um, well, John the Baptist is in the wilderness. He's known as like the greatest prophet. And Jesus walks through and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
And at this point, Jesus is introduced into the picture. And then he baptizes Jesus. And then people start noticing Jesus and they start to follow him. So here in verse 43, I don't know if you, perfect. Look at that. Okay. It says, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Then Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Then Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And I just feel like this is really important because to me, I'm just going to give some context. Philip was my friend Amanda. Elissa, come and see. So I was like, okay. And then the Lord encounters Nathaniel. And in this, I feel like I was Nathaniel. And the Lord speaks something to me. In that moment, he pours his love on me. And like for Nathaniel, he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. And I was thinking about this. I think Nathaniel, like we're always like, Oh, wow, what a cool thing Jesus said about Nathaniel. But really, I think Jesus said he spoke something really deep to Nathaniel that Nathaniel probably was thinking about himself. And the Lord cleared it up. I bet Nathaniel probably had a lot of self-doubt and insecurity and probably dealt with, like, wrong motives. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, he questioned himself a lot. Because why would the Lord say this to him? It's like, because the Lord is never impersonal. He's always personal with everything he says. And so for him to say, behold, an Israelite in whom is no deceit, I bet that shook Nathaniel. <laughs> and it did. And if you keep reading, he says, oh, man, I love this question. And I feel like there are some of you in here that need to ask this question tonight to the Lord. Say, how do you know me? Nathaniel said, how do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And I really felt like tonight, just like with my story, it's like I didn't know that I had a call in my life for worship or songwriting or a relationship with the Lord until Phillips in my life said, come and see. I was like, okay, I'll come and see. And then that come and see became a word from the Lord, behold. And then it beckoned me this, into this question of like, Lord, who are you? How do you know me? Does this make sense? And I just really feel like there, there's like people in the room tonight who you have that question. You're like, Lord, but how do you know me? Like you see worship leaders, you see myself. You're like, wow, they must really know the Lord and the, Lo and the Lord knows them. But how do you know me? And 
I really feel like the Lord wants to answer that question and speak really clearly to some of you in this room. And um, it, it's, it's really cool in this verse because it says, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So he affirms like, hey, I, I've seen you. I've, this is the always of always being good. Does this make sense? He's like, I've, I saw you. I saw your past. I saw you before you saw me. This is so cool. Jesus saw Nathaniel before Nathaniel ever saw him. I think this is something that I want to say is that the Lord has, the Lord saw me before I saw him. And he led all these people in my life. And even, and I feel like the Lord was saying, hey, before you got in your car to come tonight, I saw you. And it, and he's just so, like, intimately intertwined. And, and it's really unto the things and the relationship that he wants to have with you. And because, like I said, it wasn't until I had this encounter with the Lord, I saw Jeremy Riddle leading, and then I heard the Lord speak to me through, um, like Kim Walker's leading, and then it was like my heart is being awakened to, like, I think I'm supposed to do what they're doing, which is really interesting, because he spoke to me in moments of things, it's like foreshadowing, you know, and pay attention, because the Lord will speak to you foreshadowing things that he has for you, and it seems so simple, but it's those, it's those little things that he's intertwining and he's interweaving because he intimately knows you and he knows what he has for you. And like I didn't create my own resume, but I, I, I then started realizing things. He started opening my eyes to things. And I was like, okay, Lord, yes. All I did was say yes. And then I asked him how to steward these little things that I felt like I was supposed to say yes to. And so... Are we good? Does this make sense? I'm going to wrap this up because we only have like five minutes. But um, what I want to do is if we could all close our eyes. And can I get someone to play piano? Thanks, Allie. Um, I want you guys to close your eyes. And I want you to ask Jesus, how do you know me? And I encourage you like to let your imagination go there with the Lord. Because he does know you. Psalm 139 
and I've read this so many times, but the more I read it, it's like the more I just cry over it. And it's not just like a pretty thing, it's like a live words. David, David had this understanding of I'm known by someone. I'm seen by someone. I was formed by someone. I have a purpose and a destiny. And it says, oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before, and you've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night will be light about me. For indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you, O Lord, formed my inward parts, and you covered me in my mother's womb. And I'll praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And marvelous are your works. And my soul knows very well. For my frame is not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I just really feel like that there's someone in here and like, Lord, are you even aware of what's going on? And I feel like the Lord is saying, I understand your thoughts afar off. I've comprehended your path, even your lying down and your rising up. I am very acquainted with all your ways. There's not a word on your tongue, but behold, I know it all together. I just feel like the Lord is saying, I've hedged you in behind and before, and I've laid my hand upon you. 
just want to encourage you guys if I can say anything, if you hear anything that I've said tonight, because <laughs> it's just that He knows you. He knows what He made. He knows who He made. And He wants you to trust how He made you. Because He, he says, I was skillfully made and your eyes saw my substance and marvelous are your are your works and by saying marvelous on your work are your works he just listed you formed my inward parts and you covered me in my mother's womb he's declaring that you are a marvelous work so i just want to encourage you tonight that your story and the things and the little mundanes, they're worth something. And they're creating something. And they're stepping stones to something. Nothing is lost. Nothing's in vain. Nothing is a waste of time. There's not one thing you've been through that cannot be redeemed or was a waste. It may have been really hurtful. It may have not made sense. And it may seem really dark and evil, but it's not a waste. The Lord knows exactly what he's forming and what he's made. And he knows how to take that thing and redeem it. And it's not going to look the same as the person next to you. But it will be exactly what you need from heaven. thank you for tonight and um, just thank you for your grace and I thank you for your mercy that your mercy endures forever your mercy endures forever that your mercy endures forever your mercy endures forever but for the one that needs mercy tonight I just thank you that it endures forever For the one that needs a fresh encounter of your love, I just declared that that would happen right now, Lord, the way you did it for me. I just see buckets of love being poured all over the room. I thank you, Lord, for stamping and sealing your destiny over over hearts that need that needed to be solidified, that need to be reminded, Lord that there's more to come. There's good to come. So Jesus, I just thank you for these hearts, Lord. I thank you that you know every part and every step, every step, Lord, is unto something exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ask, dream, or imagine. I believe it, Lord, I've seen it, and I know you you do it for all, not just one. So I thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy. And uh, if you need prayer for anything at all, there's like a ministry team. And don't leave if, if you need prayer for something or if you need healing in your body. Thank you guys for having me, (laughs) bearing with me.